Welcome to KathleenWitten.org. We believe that Kathleen's message will inspire you, encourage you, and give you a fresh perspective on life. Now, here's Kathleen. What I wrote in the meditation today, I'll tell you this story. It's actually true. It's a true story. I had someone say, is this a true story? And it really is. Um, there's this mockingbird outside our window on a feeder that my husband put out, and he put out a bird feeder, and I didn't think I would enjoy a bird feeder very much. I just thought, oh, it's going to get seed all over the grass, and it's going to sprout, and it's going to grow up weeds, and, and I was the one going, oh, you know, do you have to hang that bird feeder with the big old, you know, thing of bird seed, the big block in front of our house, and he did, and um I am the one that enjoys watching the birds more than anyone. I mean, I am mesmerized, and I work from home and write from home so often that I will be at home quietly at lunch, and I notice this mockingbird now. He comes all the time. He has one leg, and he was born with one leg. You can tell. And he balances, and he does his deal. And the reason I think he's born one leg is because he acts like he just does not know any different. Like, I am who I am. And he gets up there, and he spends most of his time balancing and trying to peck the seed, um, more time balancing than he can get the seed. And as the winds have started to blow just a little better, they did a couple weeks ago, um, I saw him kind of wrap his little wing around the, the center of the, the wire that hangs down from the tree to hold on. And I've seen him lean his body to hold on, kind of like just, I'm just going to hold on till these storms pass, and that's that. And he's just, I got to, you know, probably not supposed to attribute human personalities to him, but I think he's like, diligent and he's not he does not think he does not feel sorry for himself and he is just doing his deal you know he's just working the plan and so it was interesting just to watch him get his little seed and then notice this older pigeon who i don't think can fly anymore that goes to the bottom of the bird feeder underneath the one-legged mockingbird and the one-legged mockingbird starts pecking so much more vigorously to feed this little pigeon. Well, it's a big pigeon, actually. It's kind of a fat pigeon. But <laughs> anyway, if, if, if the story was, if the story, if I made the story really good, it would be a little wimpy, sad, skinny pigeon. But he's a really fat pigeon. But he, this mockingbird, and, and this mockingbird takes so much joy in helping this pigeon. I mean, he's doing overtime. And, you know, it occurred to me just because on this earth, I'm sure many of you do and I do, you know, especially with with constant physical pain, there's times where I'm like, oh, I just want to fly. I just want to be free from this and just fly. And I thought about that mockingbird and I thought, you know, he's free from that one-legged, one leg. Um, When he flies, when he flies, he's, he's whole, he's normal. And I thought, I wonder if he gets more enjoyment. And of course, now I again am attributing all these human qualities to this mockingbird. But anyway, Lacey's like, I've never met a more sophisticated mockingbird in my entire life. But he does not know where all this stuff comes from. But if the mockingbird enjoys more flying free, or if he gets more enjoyment out of pecking more seed and, and helping that little old pigeon 
You know, and I thought about that in our lives. You know, sometimes we think it's when we're not hurting and when we're not going through something um, that we're going to just be sailing with God. And so often that's when we go into like complain zone or we go into like look, look for something to worry zone or into the, oh, I forgot about you, God zone. And or sometimes we'll have stuff where we're so dependent on God, we're holding on with one wing, you know, one-legged symptoms of something, and we are helping someone else, and our joy is even fuller. So I just wanted to share that with y'all and, and open that up uh, with this teaching. We're, we're going to start in your Bible in um, John verse 1. We left off where the disciples ask, you know, where are you, Jesus? And basically he says, come and see, come and see. And that's what he tells us today, come and see. And, you know, throughout the New Testament, I get so darn excited because the Old Testament confirms the New Testament. Constantly the New Testament confirms the Old Testament and vice versa, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So the more familiar you are with the Old Testament, the more you see the fulfillment in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, things are on a physical level and in and, and humanity and, and the things that are representative in a spiritual way in the New Testament are represented in a physical way in the Old Testament. And I just love the way the, the psalmist wrote in Psalm 34, 8, just the same as Jesus said, come and you will see. The psalmist writes, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. And it's like, that's so interesting. Taste, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. And taste, we don't perceive that as, a, as God, you know, it, like taste. How do we taste? But really, I think it's for me, when that word comes out of my mouth, it is so sweet. It is so rich. It is so full. It tastes like honey. And I know that the in the Old Test in the Old Testament times, literally and literally with the more Hasidic Jews, they will literally eat the scriptures. I mean, they sometimes in some groups and and but that's what we're supposed to do when we take in scriptures is just taste it, taste and see the Lord is good, blessed is him who takes refuge in him. And it's just so nice to just know that we can take refuge in him, even if no one else can cover us anymore and we feel like no one else can understand, we can take refuge in him. So they, they went and saw where he was staying. I'm just going back on to the Bible and spent that day with him, and it was about the tenth hour. And John one forty says Andrew, Peter, excuse me, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said. And remember, John the Baptist had said, "Jesus is the Son of God. He's the Lamb of God. Here comes the Son of God. Here comes the Lamb of God." And so he heard and followed Jesus. And this is, you know, it's to me. <laughs> There's so much in every verse of the Bible that it's like, if we don't slow down and really look at it, we miss so much. And even if you look at it again, you see something different because the Holy Spirit is here and because the Bible is alive. I mean, this word is alive and that's why you can taste it because it's alive. It's active. It's doing things within our hearts. It's doing beyond what... I could possibly comprehend. And I love this in verse 141. I never noticed this before, but look at what 
is this first part of verse 141 in John. The first thing Andrew did was find his brother. I think that's so cool. It's like he knew, here's God. I found God. I found Jesus. I found the Messiah. And it says the first thing that he did was go find his brother. I mean, that just makes me feel so good. And even those of us with children, you know, to think that if one child found something just eternal like that, that they would share with the other. And that how God feels when we share with one another. You know, here's a part of the word that has meant something to me. and Or here is what I know about heaven and, and how real it is. Or here is... Um, just God, Jesus in his whole entirety and sharing it with our brothers and sisters around the world is exactly demonstrated here with Andrew. First thing he did is go find his brother. And so he goes and finds Simon and he tells him, I found the Messiah, that is the Christ. In John one forty two, it says, he brought him to Jesus and Jesus looked at him, looked at Simon and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, or C- is it Cephas? Cephas. I've heard it both ways. Translated Peter, which in Aramaic means a rock or a stone. And isn't it interesting how I don't even know if Andrew said, This is my brother, but Jesus said, I know who you are. You know, he named him. And then right away, he recognized who he was, but he also recognized immediately who he would be. And that's exactly what he sees when he sees us. Isn't that cool? That he looks down on you as his child and he recognizes who you are and who you will be. And who you can be through him. There's no such thing as I can't change or you can't teach an old dog new tricks. There's no such thing. And it's not so much outward change really. It's, it's that inside change of just waking up and going, Lord, I'm coming, I'm following you, I'm seeking you, I want to know where you are, just like these men were doing. And so he changed his name, and he has changed our name, and this is maybe going to blow some of you away when you really think about it. It says that we are God's righteousness in Christ Jesus in the Bible. So we are the righteous, we are the just. Do you know that even when the enemy looks at us, he sees that we are the just. And when I tell you what that means in the Greek, which is the language of the New Testament, it's going to blow you away. It made me cry because sometimes I do not feel like the righteousness of Christ Jesus. I don't feel like the just. I feel the opposite. Or we can feel accused or condemned. And that's exactly what the enemy does is come to condemn us and accuse us. The word just in Greek means righteous, observing divine laws in a wide sense, upright, righteous, virtuous, keeping the commands of God, which we cannot do. It's almost like part of like, okay, here's what it is. And then here you are. You are righteous through Christ because of his death, because of what he did for us, taking all of our sins on the cross, not just in the past, but in the future, in the present. And, and we are God's righteousness in Christ Jesus. And that word just means that we are innocent. When he looks down upon us, he sees that we are innocent. He sees us as faultless, guiltless, approved and acceptable by God. 
Did you know that you're approved, that God approves of you? You know, I sat here this morning and, and read this and I thought, God approves of me. You know, sometimes you, you don't feel really super confirmed by your family or maybe the people around you. And other times you do, but sometimes you just feel like, you know, I don't even approve of myself. But do you know that God looks down upon you? He sees the blood of his son. He sees that Jesus took your imperfections and your purposeful will to sin even, which we do, and even our backsliding and whatever you want to call it. And he sees us and he says, you are acceptable to me. You are the just. He sees us walking around as the just, as God's righteousness in Christ Jesus. And I just, I love that, that we're approved, that we're innocent, faultless, and guiltless. And I mean, if that's not enough to just drive us to our knees in thankfulness every morning, I don't know what is, to be able to say, I'm innocent, faultless, and guiltless because of the blood of Jesus. Literally. And it doesn't mean that I don't have things that God's, you know, showing me about myself. Like, I know I've revealed to you all a couple of times that God has showed me so many things that I had to just kind of just say, I agree with you, God. I agree with you, God. Because I couldn't even tell him how I was going to fix him or tell him he was wrong or, you know, do all the things that we do sometimes or find a rationalization or a justification for what I was doing. Because... We can always see the wrong in other people, but we can justify what we're doing most of the time. So I'm not really judging that person. I'm just saying that they are a snitch. Well, you're judging now, you know. But we, even with all of our sins and, and odd things and eccentricities and things we would never want laid out for anyone to see, God looks at us and says, you are the just. And then what's so cool to me is that scripture, and I, I don't know if I wrote it down, but it's just simple, simple, simple. And knowing we are the just, knowing that we are approved, and knowing that this scripture says that the just will live by faith. Did I write it down? Romans 1.17. For in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the just will live by faith. And you know what? I, I, I love that word just because it's just because of Jesus. You know? And sometimes I have to even live that way. Like, not every day is sunshine, flowers, and rainbows. You know? There are days that are very difficult. Um, maybe there are difficult people in your lives. Or maybe, like me, you have a chronic situation in your life. Whatever it might be, and, and I sometimes say, God, I am living this day to the fullest just for you. Because you did it just for me. You know? It's just for you. I'm doing this just for you. Or, you know, you'll ask, be asked to do something, and you're not really appreciated by who the people you've asked. And then nobody really, you know, acknowledges and or they criticize because it's so much easier to not do something and criticize other people than it is to actually do it and get in there and get it done. And sometimes we have to say, it doesn't matter what anyone else is thinking because I'm doing this just for Jesus. I am his just. I am his righteousness. I'm doing it just for him. And the Bible says that all the what we do, we're to do unto the Lord. All that we do. 
That means like the times that I do not want to read with my son, and I am not kidding you. I would rather, I would seriously, I'm trying to think, I would rather have another baby without an epidural. I mean, it is really, really, it's excruciatingly painful. And he makes it so. He does. He does. He's just in that stage where he's like, no, I'm not going to do it. You know, and so we go through this whole, you know, circus of two hours of drama and crying. He's getting better. And um, I'm kind of getting him back because I'm getting this on radio. And someday it'll be used against him at his rehearsal dinner. But, um, you know, sometimes I have to go, I'm not doing this for Storm. I'm not doing this for me. I'm not doing this to be a good mother. I'm doing this just for Jesus. This is his little kid. This is his little kid that he's letting me borrow and raise to be God's righteousness in Christ Jesus. And I am loving this little kid just for Jesus. And I'm loving him through Jesus. And sometimes it's through gritted teeth. Like, I'm just doing this for you, Jesus, you know? Or the times that Maddie will say, Mom, can you know, can you come talk to me? And that really doesn't mean talk to me. It means that she's going to talk at me for a really long time. And sometimes you're just tired. I mean, sometimes I'm just tired, you know, or I just had it. And I need to go back to, no, I'm doing this just for Jesus. The just will live by faith. I am just. I am God's. I'm innocent even. Even of all the stuff that I did throughout the day and the things that I got back into, I wish I hadn't gotten back into. And the way that my mind went when I was driving in the car and why did I get concerned about that? Or, you know, y'all know I had neck surgery this summer. Sometimes I'll get, well, quite often, like little glitches. Well, sometimes big glitches in my neck and my imagination will start rolling towards, oh my gosh, you know, has that tumor grown? Is it more broken? We're not supposed to live by fear. We have God's permission to live by faith. We can literally just say, I am just yours. I live just for you. I do all that I do just for you. And you're going to show me just what to do. I love that word just. I love that word just. And I just don't think that 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 was a mistake. God knows our wills and desires. And, you know, he is able, if we follow him, just like how Jesus just said to these men, Okay, follow me. If we follow Jesus, we follow his words, but it's not just words, it's alive words. It's, it is Jesus Christ. And we follow him in our lives, start to pattern our lives and image our lives after him. It's amazing because God makes our will his will. It, it, it's like right now, it, there are some times in my life where, you know, like you read in Psalm 37 where it says, if you delight yourself in the Lord, God will give you the desires of your heart. Well, that's someone delighting themselves so much in the Lord, just being his kid, just being just, and just doing things for him that the, the desires of their heart are filled. That, that, and, and, and you know why? Because when we start following Jesus, the desires of our heart changes because our heart changes. I look at the desires of my heart, you know, even 10 years ago. They're so different than today, you know. Think about it. I mean, I, I, some people relate to this. Some people won't relate to this. But, 
I mean, g getting a new house, I, I would love, oh, any little, you know, thing that someone brought by that this was grandmother so-and-so's, I would be like, oh, great, I'm so excited. Now I'm like, mom, don't even bring it through the door. Mm -hmm. I cannot put one more thing anywhere else, and I don't want it. And it's not that I have a really elaborate house by any means. It's simple. But I have a husband that likes everything neat and clean, and I'm in that place where I just don't want a bunch of stuff. And I used to want a bunch of stuff. You know what I mean? God changes your heart. Time changes your heart with God. You can change to be more like God, or you can change to be more like a selfish human being. And that's what I feel like the world is encouraging us to do. And we can't. We've got to say, this is just for the Lord completely unselfish outlook on everything that we do and then all of a sudden it's not well i gotta go visit someone since the hospital oh I, i'm gonna take a friend to you know get her ankle checked or oh my daughter-in-law wants me to come over and help cook thanksgiving and i just am re it's not like that anymore i mean we do things just for the lord and it becomes so different Follow me. Y'all know I'm a word freak. Word freak. Um, love, love the language of the Bible. But that word follow in the Greek that is used, that Jesus used, means to follow one who proceeds, join him as his attendant, accompany him. This is exactly what we're to do to follow Jesus. Because some people say, how do I follow Jesus? Follow one who proceeds, join him as his attendant, accompany him, join one as his disciple. That means his student. Become his disciples, side with his party. I thought that was interesting. Just to say, you know what? Um, like when God was showing me all these things that I needed to change about myself, this is about 10 years ago because now I'm perfect. And so, I, yeah, I know you all smelled. Okay, well, um, but it was all at once. And, and it was interesting how all I needed to do was just side with God. Do you know that lots of times... We get all into trying to fix ourselves and kind of fix ourselves up for God before we pray to him. Or maybe we need to do this or that before we can be really, really ready for heaven. Or before I can be a really, really good mom, I need to memorize the Psalms and make my own baby food. And, you know, just, I don't know, make sure I praise him seven times a day with my arms lifted. I mean, some of the things that we hear other people do... We are justified by the blood of Jesus, and follow me means not only following Jesus, but just taking his side. Sometimes I don't understand why God says the things he says in the Bible, but I know to follow him, I can say, I don't understand what this means yet. Maybe God will give me revelation, but I'm going to side with him. And if you side with God, guess what? You will never lose. Never. Love never fails. You will never lose if you side with your own rationality or your own or even what human wisdom might say, you know, we can get ourselves into big trouble. And then we have to side with God and he pulls us out of the mire and the mud that we've gotten ourselves into. So follow him, side with him. John 1:44. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from a town of Bethsaida. I, I love just. Again, the language, that just means house of fish. And it's a small fishing village. And it just, it just tells me these are just normal guys. 
They're from a little small fishing village. It probably smells like fish in the village. I mean, I always think of like anywhere you go on the coast, it's so nice, it's beautiful, but sometimes it smells like fish, dead fish. And it's just a little bitty place. And Andrew, Peter, Philip, and John, who are through Jesus going to change the entire world forever, are from this little tiny fishing village. They're just men. They're just normal. They're just guys. John 145, Philip found Nathaniel and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. You see him still reaching out to their friends. We found him. We found him. You know, our lives should, should just blast. I have found him. It's not so much that you go up to someone and you shake them and, and say, I have found Jesus. But it's that our lives it, are becoming an image of Christ to where we can go to our friends and they perceive that, that we've found God. They'll ask. I have friends that ask, you know, what, what's, why are you always, you know, so happy? Or why do you think that's funny? Or, you know, because I... I just think humor is a a cure for a lot of things. I think Jesus laughed a lot. And um, as we look more at the Bible, we'll look at things that I think he did that were really actually pretty funny. But anyway, here Philip goes to Nathaniel, tells him we found him. And then here's what he gets back. John 146, Nazareth. Can anything good come from there? And that was just a saying back then about this little town, Nazareth. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? It's like saying, can anything good come out of Uvalde? I mean, I, I don't know what that came from or whatever, but it was just this funny little saying. And then when Jesus saw Nathaniel approaching him, and he doesn't know Nathaniel. Nathaniel doesn't know him. But God in, puts inside of this God, fully man, fully God, Jesus. And he says this truth. Here is a true Israelite in whom there is nothing false. I think it's interesting that the first thing Nathaniel said, Nazareth, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And it's almost like Nathaniel shows a part of his personality like he just says it like it is. And Jesus is like, okay, here comes the guy who really says it like it is. You know, and that guy that doesn't know him and he doesn't know him. And it's like he's affirming, I know, I know you. And he goes on to say, Nathaniel says, how do you know me? So that's obviously Nathaniel's personality, just to say it like it is. I love people like that. I mean, because they say things that I'm thinking, but I can't say, you know, because I have that like southern bell filter that you just don't say certain things. And they'll just, bleh, you know, and, and, and I just love it. I love it sometimes. And so Nathaniel, Jesus knows this about this plain man from this plain little fishing town. And he says, obviously, he says, how do you know me? I mean, we skip over this like, oh, how do you know me? And people read it like that. But we need to realize this guy's going, how do you know me? That is who I am. That's what I'm like. And Jesus said, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathaniel declared, Rabbi, which means teacher, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Because previously unbeknownst to the others, he was sitting under a fig tree doing something. Here's this guy, Nathaniel, that tells it like it is. Jesus nails his personality and says, and this is what you were just doing. 
And so he says, you are the son of God. Jesus says, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You're going to see even greater things than that. I tell you the truth, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. We hope that you've enjoyed Kathleen's message. To order a copy of this and other messages, please call us in San Antonio, Texas at 210-822-5500 or toll free outside the San Antonio area, 877-397-7773. That's 1-877-397-7773. Visit our website, KathleenWitten.org, K-A-T-H-L-E-E-N-W-H-I-T-T-E-N.org. Thank you 